Today is International Podcast Day, so you know we had to celebrate with a brand new episode of our flagship show, PSG Talking. It's been 10 days since we last recorded, so we have a lot to cover, including the win over Bordeaux, the loss to Reim, and the win over Lyon. There's also that little away match against Galatasaray that we probably should discuss. We're also thrilled to have one of our newest contributors, Paula, join the show to talk about Neymar, the French language, and the PSG Ultras. My name is Ed, and joining me is Guillaume, and this is PSG Talking. Hey guys, it's Guillaume. So at one point in the podcast, I'm talking about the Auteuil and Boulogne fans, and I managed to get confused between both of them. Why? Because I'm an idiot, and uh, it's my great age. The original stand and cup is Boulogne, and where the racist fans came from, it's Boulogne. It's, uh, it's hard to be me sometimes. Thanks. And joining us today is Paula, fellow PSG Talk contributor. It's her first time on the PSG Talking podcast. Paula, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing great. It's a uh, it's a balmy 90 degrees here at the end of September here in the United States. Uh, Not in the United States, where you live. It's a, it's chilly, 62 degrees where I am. Okay. Well, here in the in the southeast of the United States, it is quite hot. So we're just trying to stay cool. But we've got a lot of uh, topics we want to talk about. But there's one in particular that we wanted to bring you in to talk about because we think you have some interesting points. Um, and that topic is Neymar learning the French language. And so this was a topic that was on ESPN. There was a video. There was uh, Frank Leboeuf and who else? Shaka Hislop and our friend Craig Burley. These three. What see- a team. Yeah, they, they took issue with the fact that not only does Neymar not speak French, but that he really doesn't make any effort to learn it. Despite other players in the team who are not native French speakers, they've gone out and tried to learn the language. But they took Neymar not learning the language as that he is not really interested in staying there long term. Uh, you know, they, they took it as disrespectful. I think one of them even said it's disrespectful to the French culture. And so you are someone, and you can give a little bit of your background, you kind of split your time between Chicago and Paris. You're not a native French speaker. It's the language that you're learning, and you're also a PSG fan. So we thought you would bring a unique perspective to this. So I'm sure you've seen the video, and if you, if you haven't, if you're listening to this, it's on our website, psgtalk.com. Um, what is your initial thoughts about their comments, first of all? Well, um, I think there's some things that they said that I agree with, but I think they also went over the top. Talking about the disrespect for the French culture, I think that went too far. Um, I do agree, um, having lived in several countries, having learned... Um, uh, several languages like Spanish and now learning French. I believe that when you move to another country, you're the, you're the guest. You should make an effort to assimilate to a certain extent in your new um, country, in your new culture. And um, I've actually, I used to split time between Paris and Chicago. I've been here for um, about three and a half years. I'm on my fourth year right now. And I, I moved here maybe being um, lower intermediate um, now I'm very comfortable with French, even though um, I'm a language perfectionist, I'm a language geek, I don't feel like I'm where I want to be, mm-hmm. but I'm making an effort. Um, it makes my life easier, makes me uh, enjoy the culture a little more. The, the thing is with Neymar, he doesn't need French to survive. He has his entourage, you know, he doesn't have to go and buy groceries for himself. But I think that... They went over the top, like I said, because, um, you know, it's not disrespectful. However, uh, you know, French is not the easiest language to pick up. It takes some time. It takes some time. On the other hand, his first language is Portuguese. That's a Latin language, Romance language. Mm. I know he can speak Spanish. French is not that far off from there. So he could make an effort. But I think in general... In his case, what they were trying to say, but they went too far, they were trying to say that he's not making an effort as a player who is here to stay. And I think that it's just adding to the whole 
storm created by him over the summer. So I think it was pointing that out that he's not here to say. And honestly, ever since he joined PSG, I've had moments where I thought, well, you know what? He doesn't seem to, you know, have this aura of, oh my God, I'm in my dream club. I want to stay here and let me do everything to feel good in Paris. I, I do feel that. Um, he might feel a little more comfortable in a place like Barcelona, where the culture is more Mediterranean, more Latino, something that he might be, you know, more connected with than, you know, uh, Paris. So I feel like, yeah, him not learning the language, to me, it seems like, yeah, I don't think he's invested in, in staying in France. But when they're making a comment like this, I feel like they're talking about other people who come into this country or any other country. Yes, make an effort to learn the language, but let's not get into the nationalist kind of sentimental. Yeah. This is disrespectful. And that, that's the part I picked up on. If you look at Shaka Hislop and Craig Burley, all three of them, they all primarily played their football in English-speaking countries. They never really made an effort to play in Italy, for example, or you know, Spain and, and learn that language um, that wasn't theirs. And English footballers are known for not leaving England because they don't want to learn any other language but English. So I thought that was interesting coming from three people who never really went that path that Neymar has and gone to a foreign country and been kind of like a fish out of water and you have to learn the language. So I thought that was really interesting. So that it really doesn't impact Neymar on the pitch, as we've seen. He's, he mm -hmm. has winning goals. Yeah, and yeah, we don't have that many French-speaking players on the team as that's is. That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, Kylian Mbappe is like one starter. I mean, Kimpembe doesn't really start. I mean, we don't really have that many routine first-teamers. And, and Kimpembe doesn't really speak. He, he sings. Maybe, exactly, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's not really that important. And he, I think I read an article that he relies on Marquinhos to kind of translate for him sometimes. And apparently Neymar does understand French. He, he just can't speak it. And he's only been here a few years, so... Listen, George yeah, Weah George Weah was like this. George Weah stayed yeah. at my favorite player at Paris Saint-Germain of all time, stayed in Paris for three years, never spoke a freaking word of French. Mm -hmm. Spoke English. Like, yeah, French difficult. That's basically what he could say. Mm -hmm. Francais difficile. Okay. <laughs> um, he's a legend of the club. He is uh, one of the super forwards in the history of, of, of football. And then he moved to AC Milan. And, uh, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Did he learn Italian in AC Milan? I doubt it. Maybe he did. Um, Rai, Rai learned French. Everybody's different. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. I it's think just, if, like, if there was no other drama surrounding Neymar. At that time. Not, he would not even make it yeah. to the media. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a lot of things you can pick on Neymar. But so far this season, since he's returned, he's been nothing but professional. And it seemed like a cheap shot at him. They can't really find anything else to get at him about. He's not making any bad comments. Even the thing about the the fans and how they're kind of like a relationship with a woman where yeah. uh, you kind of don't talk. I mean, I thought that was a perfect comparison. There. Yeah, it was. I mean, he said everything correct. He's playing well on the field. It just seemed like a cheap shot. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And uh, I do appreciate it. Do you have any other things you would like to say about this situation or anything else in general? about? I have PSG? lots oh, of yeah. questions for Paul. Yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Guillaume. What you got? <laughs> so you went, you went to the game. Uh, you went to the you, – you picked the perfect game to come back from vacation, of course. <laughs> and we picked yeah. the perfect game to start interviewing fans at, after the game. <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain-Reims. Um, so you may not know because you were away, so you missed the earlier games, but apparently it was still um, booed. So the, mm -hmm. you know, the French whistle, the whistling means boo. Uh, here in the US, you whistle, it, it, it's fun. It's not aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's very aggressive. In France and other countries in, in Western Europe, you, you, you whistle. So he was whistled uh, when, uh, uh, in the pregame announcement. Um, how you're, 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 you're in Boulogne, uh, yeah. which as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm veering away from that thing, but Boulogne is starting to be Boulogne again. The, the, the ultras, one group of the ultras is starting to revive the Boulogne stands. So maybe mm -hmm. one day we'll have the, the Boulogne Auteuil legendary exchange again. But anyway, you're in Boulogne, which is, um, 
a little back to a certain level of, uh, I can't find my words. Um, it's very active and, and a little popular com compared to the other parts of Parc des Princes. Mm -hmm. um, so the fans are a bit more passionate, maybe. But it's a far cry from Ote at this point. Still, still is. But it's a far, yeah. far, far cry from the Borelli stands and the Paris stands, right. which, are, which are very VIP, right? Right. So am am um, I correct in, in that? that it's Ote, yeah. Boulogne, and then there's the rest. I, I would agree with you. But yeah. of course, it's a far cry from Ote. Yeah, there's uh, pretty much one section in the upper deck of Boulogne, kind of in the middle of it, where you have the supporter group. And they're one of the newer groups and uh, quite young also. Yeah. And um, so they're making noise. And last season I was uh, with them. Now I'm just right next to them, just how it happened with my season ticket. Um, but I'll probably be joining them. I'll try. Um, yeah. So they, they are definitely making some noise. And compared to maybe two seasons ago, or three seasons ago, uh, it's much better. However, Boulogne has become a place for uh, casual fans to buy the cheaper tickets. So we have a lot of- um, It's great. A lot of tourists, a lot of uh, even families with kids and you know, weekend games, you definitely see little fans, you know? Okay. So it's, it's not what it used to be, definitely not. Yeah, but, sure. the, but it's picking up, it's picking up. I, I, I think it'll take some time before it could match Ote since uh, a lot of people were moved from Boulogne to Ote, just, you know, the club wanted to create that one uh, cohesive <laughs> supporter section. And they have, <laughs> you know, in, in many ways, yeah. I mean. Yeah, well, but I so have the, the good view of TIFO, you know, but uh, it's not as, as loud and... What, were they booing? What was Boulogne booing? Well, you know what? Um, what I picked up on was actually after the game, after the final whistle, the whole stadium booed the team. Uh, they did but deserve Neymar, it. bring Neymar. You know, Neymar... What happens is um, people go quiet when he scores. I think that there's indifference at this time. The, wow. the game that I missed a few weeks ago, I know um, he was being booed a lot. Mm. Um, it's, it's calmed down a little bit, uh, but nobody's jumping for joy. It's almost like, you know what? You, you are here because you couldn't get away from us. We're, getting all, we're, getting, we're paying you a lot of money to score, so we're not going to you know, applaud you for doing your job. Finally, this is the, the feeling, the sentiment I'm picking up from the fans. And I did hear people actually next to me cheering on him, but mm. I think there were two Brazilian tourists. So, you okay. know, <laughs> yeah. But generally, I, I see this indifference, and I saw this already a few seasons ago when there was a drama between Neymar and uh, Cavani about who's going to take the penalties, you know. And I remember when uh, Neymar scored, nobody in Ote Obulan was cheering. Cavani scored, we went nuts. Yeah. And I think this is the same sentiment. People, you know, Cavani is a fan favorite. Neymar has not achieved that status. <laughs> Let's just say that. Probably will never. Mm, right. Will never. But it's, um, how many other clubs have that? Like their main star is being booed by a, a, a big chunk of the fans. Not a big chunk, but like the noisy part of the, the fans. You could probably say Manchester United with uh, Paul Pogba. Are they mm. booing him? Yeah, some are. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many how many clubs have such a high profile player that has made it very clear that he wants to leave? Yeah, mm. we are a strange club, guys. <laughs> There's nothing like Paris Saint Germain. C'est magique, hein? C'est magique. Um, Ici, c'est Paris. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, yeah, B B um, Boulogne being back, I think we be will follow. What happens for the also for, for, for the fans who don't know? Um, Paris is a new club, newer club. It's not that old, but um, the Auteuil fans started to adopt behaviors and organize and express themselves a lot. That like the English clubs, like especially they they focus on the uh, uh, Liverpool Cup. And um, it was very beautiful until they started um, cutting their hair and do Nazi signs and kill people. So that, that, that became a little bit of a problem. Um, they, they didn't kill people, but anyway. Um, as a counter to that, Boulogne and the, the, the club, the, the, the management of Paris Saint-Germain, um, got organized and the club, like how 
the Boulogne stance reflected more the racially and culturally what Paris Saint-Germain had become. As the, the Auteuil fans were white, the Boulogne stands were multiple colors and, and slightly younger. And they grew and grew and grew and they adopted the Italian style of supporting a club, both in the, the, the songs and then those huge, huge flags. And then Otay and Boulogne started exchanging, competing, and uh, um, it became something almost unique in football. And, but there was tension because there was a lot of racist fans in Otay and a lot of, of black blanbeur in Boulogne. And tensions, month after month, uh, started to build. And, and one night, a couple of supporters died. Uh, forgot it was a Otoy guy or Boulogne guy, it doesn't matter. And the French regime and the Paris Saint-Germain went nuclear and dissolved all the associations at Parc des Princes. And you know, you know that story you've heard. And little by little, um, I, I was, I, I couldn't believe it, what, what happened. And um, little by little, the club worked to get those fans back, but the good ones, not the bad ones. And they did, and that's Nasser. Nasser and the club and the city of Paris find, found a way to get some of that heart that was beating in, in this club back. And it's, it's now Auteuil. And, and now Pola, there's hope that Boulogne can, can, has, can have a, a beating heart again. And that's wonderful. But the club is really scared because that's how things started to go bad when Boulogne and Auteuil, you know. But there's hope there, and that'd be a wonderful thing. So, sorry for taking so long explaining all that, and but that it's it's something that really matters to to me, and and maybe some other uh, fans will will care too. So anyway, I'm 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 done. I wanted to add something to this. Um, clearly, in Europe and some um, some other places, uh, football has historically been very political and um, divided in many ways. Something that's not. Um, the case in uh, in MLS, obviously, um, but well, you no. know, right, <laughs> right. But you know, at the moment people supporters of the same club start killing one another. That's not right. However, what's really lacking um, at uh, Parc de Princes sometimes is the atmosphere. Um, I feel like you know, yes, there are some games when there are flares, and but then there are sanctions soon after. I feel like some supporters are don't want to cross the line. Mm. Um, I think like the club maybe is imposing too many of these sanctions um, because football without supporters, without that passion and the energy is not the same. Uh, for Champions League games at, at the stadium, the atmosphere is just fantastic. But some of the League One games, you know, we, we could use more support. Um, I've, always, I've always believed that uh, being passionate does not equal being rowdy and doing things illegal. And I feel like very often that's misunderstood. Listen, I'm a passionate fan of Paris Saint-Germain. I got expelled from a few bars because I, I'm out of control when I watch. I went to Parc des Princes for the first time in uh, many, many years. And I picked the right game. It was last year, PSG Toulouse. And I, that, that was me watching the game. I didn't sing. I didn't jump. I, I was like, what's happening to me? I'm, so, um, sure, you're a passionate fan. You probably sing and dance and all. We got back to a decent level uh, with what's happening in the auto stands. And that's, uh, I never thought it would happen. And a lot of, I think all the fans are like, my God, this is awesome. Of course, cameras are you know, filming that part of the stand. Mics oh. are there. And we think it's like 45,000 people uh, in Parc des Princes being, you know, that, of course it's not. It's but not the case. It's no. not the case. I mean, it will never go back to the late 90s, early 2000. And uh, it's like there was nothing happening on the pitch. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Well, okay, past Ronaldinho. Um, there was nothing happening on the pitch. Everything was happening in the stands. And it was like a, like a church, like a mass. There was a fusion happening there. 
sometimes fans would watch the game. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, that 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 was uh, a moment in time, and he will never come back to that. But allowing the singing fans, the real passionate fans, to be there and understand that times have changed and beating up people and killing people's not good. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's just but, stick to the singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's stick to singing and cheering, and that can be done. And make, I'd be so happy if, if Boulogne, if I can hear again the ex- exchange between Boulogne and Otay. It be- does happen when uh, when we go with Ale Paris. It does happen, but obviously Otay is much louder than Boulogne these days. But it does happen. It 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 gave me goosebumps a few matches ago. It's yeah. It's yeah. It is. It's actually my, my first memory of uh, being at Parc de Prince, which was in 2009. That was it. I think this is what got me hooked on the team <laughs> in the beginning. Again, it's such a, it's such a stadium. Um, I'm not exactly sure how Londoners manage to build such big stadiums in London, considering the price of the square foot footage, square meter. Sponsors. <laughs> Massive sponsors. Yeah. So Parc des Princes is in one of the fanciest area of Paris. It's insane that they built a stadium there. Um, We're talking about really, really wealthy people. So the way they built it, it's really tall. They're trying to take as little footprint as they can. So it's like a bathtub. So you're like way up there, you know, when you're broke and you can't buy the good tickets. So the sound, the sound is just coming, the sound goes up. So the, the, and bounces everywhere. The sound at Parc des Princes is like in no other stadium. I haven't been in many, many other stadiums. But all those big and modern stadiums are kind of open. Parc des Princes is closed. And there's, mm-hmm. you can see it on the picture behind me. There's, right. a, there's a semi-lid on top of that bathtub. The sound there is exceptional. Exceptional. And um, when you yell... People hear you. So when 10,000 people yell, or even 3,000 people yell, it's something else. Uh, Ed, one of these days, you're going to have to go. <laughs> I know you guys, the way you describe it sounds amazing. So It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and you, you're in this weird area of Paris, and there's those uh, big buildings, like, you know, 120 years old, several stories buildings, like beige. And then you, you see a huge block of concrete, and it's gray. And you, you go up those stairs and you see the green of the stadium. There's incredible contrast. Oh, I think mm-hmm. I, we, lost, we lost Ed. Ed, I think we lost Ed. So, well, it's you, it's you and I, Paula, for a while. Uh, the yeah. contrast, I mean, that was my, the, I, I was um, entering a spacecraft into another dimension. That's a memory oh, I, like I have that. of my first game. Yeah, you know, my, my first impression back in the day were pretty much the same. You see a lot of that concrete, and then you look down, you see the field. And I love seeing uh, the Eiffel Tower on both ends, you know. yeah, It's, it's a special place, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not one of the most modern stadiums, but, no. you know, there's a there's But a there's something vibe. special about it. Ronaldinho, yeah. Ronaldinho expressed it in an old interview you can find on YouTube. Um, interesting guy, Ronaldinho. And he was like, yeah, there's nothing like Parc des Princes. There's a special atmosphere there that you cannot find. It's difficult to put words on it. Ed, are you back? Yes, I think I'm back. Sorry about that. Oh, oh yeah, back. it's okay. It, 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 it looked like you fell asleep. I was talking and you fell asleep. <laughs> no, no. It must have been very interesting what I was uh, talking about. No, you guys are fine. Just crazy internet issues. You know how it is. <laughs> You know, one thing I just, I was just thinking about when we were uh, talking about chanting and all that, and before that we were talking about learning French, you know, um, it, it took me a while to, to sing in French with confidence. I think the first season I was like close to the, you know, Boulogne supporters listening and learning and uh, not knowing much besides à la Paris. But once, um, once you pick up the chance, um, once you're there, you know, Nobody around you cares that you're not a yeah. speaker, you know. And yeah, it, you have to you have to be part of the atmosphere. You have to, you know, make an effort to learn enough French to sing at PSG games. That's it. 
that's my conclusion. <laughs> so can we count on you to uh, help put out a CD for, you know, Americans who are going there to learn all the chants and everything? I mean, listen, when I sing surrounded by a few thousand people, you cannot hear my bat singing, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can go solo. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I got to run, guys. Okay. But uh, thank you for uh, having me on my yeah. first podcast with you guys. And Not your I last. <laughs> right. I'll be joining you. you know. We're counting on it. Yes. All right. Okay. So, bonsoir. Uh, Take care. Bonsoir. See you, see you soon. Thank you again, Paula, for joining us. It was a great interview. Glad to get your thoughts on Neymar and, and him learning to speak French or not so much learning how to speak French and what that means um, and getting your thoughts on the stadium and the different supporters groups. She, I think she really brought something, Guillaume. I don't know uh, what you think, but I yeah, I got, I got a little emotional at, at one point. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, I was like, oh my God, the heroes are coming up. Calm down. Um, yeah. It's, um, this club is about football, but it's also about Paris mm -hmm. and how Paris has changed these past 40 years. Um, and uh, to me, I'm more a Boulogne guy originally mm -hmm. than an Otter guy, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, when, um, when drama happened and, and the fans got banned, it was the end of the world. Yeah. Well, uh, even for people, I'm not an ultra. Yeah. But I've, I've been in love with this club for many years and I was living 9,000 kilometers away, but it didn't matter. Yeah. So these are, you know, we like, we like to see fans reflecting the identity of the greater Paris. I was going to say, yeah, that now the atmosphere is, is pretty fantastic. And as Paula said, especially on a Champions League night, I mean, it's nothing like it. And uh, the stadium sounds amazing through the tv so it's incredible the roar yes after a goal oh my goodness there's nothing like it it's, the it's really second hard to... di maria goal against mm -hmm. uh real madrid the roar of the stadium my god you know they have uh they use uh when the, the broadcast people they use some uh devices to to prevent the audio from saturating that didn't work. Let's try to get through this episode quickly. Okay. So you talked about the Di Maria goals. We're not going to go back quite that far. Uh, we're going to go back just recently to last Saturday, I believe it was, with the 1-0 win over Bordeaux. Neymar, once again, saved the day for PSG. It was his third game-winning goal of the season. And we're not even that far into the season. Uh, he was assisted by Kylian Mbappe, who came on in the 60th minute. Not a great game, uh, in my opinion, from PSG overall. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. A lot of, if you like a lot of possession, not a whole lot going forward. Maîtrise, management, <laughs> yeah. control. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we completely dominated Bordeaux, completely. Were you scared at one point? I wasn't scared. I, was, just, we were like, I, was, I was a little bored, to be honest with you. I was like, sure. we just put Killian in there and let's just wrap this up. Sure. And then as soon as he came on, we had like, Five scoring chances. He should have Finally. scored. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a good game, I think. Um, not, not very spectacular. It, it is a little... In, in yeah. the control of the game. Um, and then Meunier and Kurzawa. Ugh. No, they did okay. Meunier did great. He did okay. There were a couple... Okay, okay, okay. okay. So like... considering where they come from. Yeah. Kurzawa did fantastic... Mm -hmm. And Meunier did amazing. In the scheme of things, they didn't. But they used to be catastrophic. Absolutely, completely catastrophic. It was an improvement over the loss to Reem. I will say that. It was, it was good to see them like, being able to step up. Meunier looked um, sharp physically mm -hmm. now. I think that's it. He's a big guy. And he needs uh, a bit more time to get into the, the groove, I think. He's not the most graceful runner. I think I, Mark Damon and I kind of called the game on our Periscope and I kind of joked around that he just, it looks like it hurts when he runs. Like he's just not very graceful. Yeah, no, uh, he's not, but he's efficient. How many of these runs? Uh, remember when we loved Meunier? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had a few amazing and one of them became legendary. Cavani's mm -hmm. uh, uh, fourth goal, the fourth yeah. goal against Barcelona, it's all Meunier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's an awkward guy, but we need him, and he was there. And Kurzawa <laughs> had a game. He had a few good uh, defensive interventions uh, in the air. It was very interesting too. 
Um, not a great game, but a game. Both Money and Kurzawa are the game. Thank God that gave Bernard uh, some vacation. You know, he came, yeah. he came back. He came back in at the seventieth or something. Uh, and that's the thing. It's important for them to get some minutes just so they're happy. You got to win. You needed to get that. And you rested some players that you needed to rest, especially Killian, who apparently still can't go 90 minutes. He's still coming back from that hamstring. That's a little bit worrisome. Yeah, he's, he, he, he felt a little discomfort at the end of the training uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, so You shouldn't feel a discomfort. It should be healed. It should be healed, and Tuchel did say that he still can't, even as we get ready to play Galatasaray, he, he's not able to go 90 minutes. So he, he will either start and come off, or he'll, like he did against Bordeaux, come on for about 30 minutes. Mm. They're being very careful with him, which makes yeah. you that hamstring is maybe a little bit more damaged than the four-week initial diagnosis that it, they thought that that's well, what let, let, let's Let's not have him play. Please, please keep him on the bed. Um, Another guy who was interesting and had been struggling, especially the previous game, mm-hmm. was Diallo. Mm. Diallo had a... Listen, you put Thiago Silva as leader of the defense. Now is Gay protecting and buffering. Right. Then you can play with whoever next to him. Kimpembe, Diallo, Which Marquinhos. one is going to be uh, tomorrow? Do you think it'll be Kimpembe or Diallo? That's a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Well, we'll, we'll talk now about... Now this competition. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, what a great concept. Now you got to give your best. It was Kimpembe against Real Madrid. It was. But look at the game Diallo had. That's what I'm saying. So defensively, he was was fine. But with the ball, both as a passer and, my God, the run he had. Yeah. I've never seen that. More graceful. Yeah. No, he was very interesting. He had a really interesting game, Diallo. Um, and, And... Again, it's gay allowing those players to do that because they feel more confident mm-hmm. that he's going to cover. As a matter of fact, he did, but yeah, he almost caused this game almost ended in a in a one one draw. It, did. Gay, I, I, it so, was a penalty. Gay, what gay did? Yeah, yeah, that was close. Uh, oh, that, that's that's an issue. Listen, he did this because he had to run back to cover mm-hmm. for Mbappe, who does not defense <laughs> we see Di Maria defending like a lion mm-hmm. we see Sarabia at least he's doing that yeah Neymar oh, even Neymar tracks back a bit Mbappe zero oh, so suddenly yeah. your wing is wide open it's a yeah. boulevard and of course the opposition is gonna is gonna see it and react and take it yeah so Mbappe phenomenal but it's a package. It comes with bad stuff too. The bad stuff is he just will not freaking track back and, and, and close his wing. Are you concerned though with Neymar and Mbappe? Without them, we really struggle to score goals. I mean, anybody would, but we still should have the quality to break down a team like Bordeaux. Are you, are you concerned at all? That- we, we, we do because we have, but they're injured. Yeah. I mean, let's I mean- say nobody's injured, Ed. Yeah. Uh, Icardi, Cavani coming mm-hmm. back, Shupo uh, yeah. as a you know winger slash sort of nine when needed. Yeah. Sarabia is going to eventually stop sucking. You would think. <laughs> oh, it's, I think it's, it's in here. It's in here. Um, no, I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried at all. Okay. I'm not well, so we did have the, the Bordeaux game. That was a 1-0, so it was good to get that. But we do have to talk about going back just a little bit further. We had the 2-0 loss to Rim and then the, the 1-0 win over Leon. We won't go too far into that because those games are the off Rance, in the distance. The uh, last game, yeah. Uh, you, say, you say that much better than I do. But what Rance. do you think of Tuchel's uh, lineup decision against them? I mean, he had Neymar out there, but very little quality around him. He had Sarabia, who's been struggling. Paredes got a start. Chupa Moting was the striker. Kazawa was out there. Mbeso was out there. I mean, this was a lineup that I don't know if we'll see it's again. It's a little... Sh- it's easy to say after, afterwards, but... It was a little... Um, a little too much rotation. Arrogant toward yeah. Ligue 1. Mm. And especially this opponent, because Reims has beaten OL, mm. OM, uh, Rennes, yeah. And Paris Saint-Germain now. So they, 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 they're having a great uh, early season. 
Um, and, and it's not like, so did you help um, dismiss these facts? It's like, yeah, 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 we'll be fine. We'll be fine with a couple of clowns and a painter yeah. defending or, uh, I mean, the central defense was catastrophic. Uh, we were completely loose everywhere and uh, a, a decent team, very, very physical. You don't realize, guys, how League One is physical. It doesn't have the intensity of the EPL. But the athleticism, the athleticism, the sheer athleticism of most players is, yeah, whoa, whoa. So when you have a team like that, the explosive, the great athletes, Mm -hmm. and if they play with confidence, it's not with with, uh, two struggling fullbacks that miss playtime, uh, confidence, they miss a lot of things. Um, and, and also, yeah, phys- physically, they're, they're not ready. That, and, and a central defense without leader. Yeah. Without its, its natural leader, that you know, you're taking a huge risk. Um, but at the end, do we really care? It's great for League One. Two defeats in eight, in eight games. It is good for the league, and in, I think it plays a role in some people thinking that Tuchel, either on his own volition or maybe this has come from higher up, isn't really prioritizing league odds. You you know you have Kylian Mbappe who's who can play, but you sit him on the bench against Bordeaux, and then you do what you did with the squad against Rim, you know, runs. Runs. So you have two losses. You're shuffling the deck a lot. You're sitting players who could play. You're not starting. Killing Mbappe, you know, is is it all in on the Champions League? Is Tuchel kind of listen? It should be, yeah, it should be. We're not going to have a Neymar and Mbappe for much, much longer. Um, let's be real. Yeah, it, it, there's there's a there's a fair amount of chances we're not going to be able to hold on Neymar and Mbappe for much more, especially yeah. Neymar. Um. We finally have a midfield. Now we all understand. Yeah. What it is. <laughs> How important that is. Right? We saw against France, Paredes. Oh my God. All right. Okay. So, the, the, well, I want to get your thoughts. There were two things before we move on from this game. There were two incidents where I want to get your thoughts. So, the two goals that were scored, do you blame Navas on either one of those? Should he have stopped any of those? Some people on Twitter thought, uh, he should have stopped that, you know. Ariola, you know, got all kinds of uh, flack for not stopping shots like that, especially that one that was kind of like a acrobatic, you know, shot that kind of right. bounced off the ground. It was kind of a little bit soft. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, he was a little soft on that. Uh, the the header, come on. Yeah, yeah, nothing you can he do almost about did. that person. He almost did though. Yeah, he almost did. It it bounced off the post because he actually touched it. He yeah. almost got it. Almost got the <laughs> header. Uh, listen, I think he got a we, hand on it, actually. He, that's what I'm t- Yeah, he touched it. Um, we're not going to start. He's, he's Keller Navas, have you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. a, goal, a goalie that is like a wall and for mm-hmm. a long time is in a state of grace. Right. A state of grace that lasts. Uh, even the best goalies are going to make slight mistakes. And, yeah. and all, and all. It's, it's all... What matters is to raise your game when it's the big stage. Right. The other, the other incident I wanted, I wanted to bring up was with uh, Matthew Cafaro. I don't know if you remember this in the early in the first half against Ran. Uh, but Rams. Rams, sorry. I'm learning my French. I'm like Neymar here. <laughs> Neymar nutmegged Cafaro. I'm sure I'm butchering that pronounce, pronunciation as well. No, but I think it's, it's good. He nutmegged him. The, the defender turned around and chased after Neymar and basically stomped on the back of his ankles where he's had two injuries the last two seasons that kept him out when we needed him most. There wasn't a yellow that I thought it was a red, deserving of a red card. What's going on here? I mean, a referee, I mean, this was so obvious and blatant. The player was disrespected because he got nutmegged. It's part of the game. You're allowed to do it. And he, he retaliated against Neymar. Do we need an enforcer? Does Tuchel need to run on the, the pitch and scream at someone? I mean, what needs to happen? I mean, I, some things I think are a little ticky-tacky. This was so egregious, I thought, how can, you, how can this stand? I mean, it, it, there was no retroactive 
punishment for the player for doing this, nothing. No VAR, nothing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, now, Tuchel gets yellow cards all the time because he opens his big mouth. So I don't. He, he did against Bordeaux. Yeah, he did. Um, you will never see the higher up at the club. Leonardo may start saying something, but Nasser is gonna. He's not gonna say. He's gonna do something behind the curtains that you don't mm. see. That's the Qatari way. Yeah. They're not confrontational. I like but it. that that doesn't mean that nothing is going to happen. He actually, vaguely, if I remember, at the end of last season, Nasser mentioned that mm-hmm. you know the referees should um, do more to make sure the people who bring cameras to League One because they are big stars are not broken up by by thugs on the on the pitch that was yeah. not at all his words but it's something like that like, right um no it's um yeah, it's bad uh, matthew, I, I don't i don't want neymar to go down and we don't have him in the champions league because matthew a player like matthew caffaro gets his feelings hurt because he got nutmegged and um his ankle. let's see what happens when herrera is on the pitch <laughs> yeah, that's yeah we need an enforcer this i want to see I want, to, I want to see Hera coming to Cafaro or whatever and go, <laughs> just take him out. Red card. Oh, yeah. hey, I have a red card. That. Yeah, but he's down. You got to send a message. You got to send a message. Speaking, um, speaking of sending a message, well, we'll just keep, keep it moving against Leon, but the fans, every time Neymar went to take a corner, they're pelting him with paper, God knows whatever else, and then he goes and scores the game-winning goal. How great was that? And and should the fans and get kiss, sort of punishment? Yeah. No. <laughs> Did, do you know if anything happened with the fans? Did were they banished for a game or something? Or were those fans? I know at like an NBA game, if you like at a Warriors, you're in Oakland. You throw something at, at oh yeah. Uh, yeah no. at a player, you're out. You're banned for life. Yeah, no, no, not 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 <laughs> not in football, not in Europe. Um they the the OL has some very rowdy fans. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, it's, it's starting to cuss them. Uh, they've been fined dozens and dozens and dozens yeah. dozens of times. It's not as bad as Marseille, but I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not great. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they, they um, should be upset and throwing paper at their own players because they currently sit in 11th, having lost, have bad losses. And uh, yeah, Leon is has the talent to be better than 11th place in the league. Listen, when Silvino and Juninho joined OL, mm-hmm. L'Equipe was like, oh, <laughs> Juninho. Yeah. Oh, Silvino. It's like, um, it's not working out so good. Juninho has never been a sporting director. No. So it's like he's going to have to invent the job. Silvino has never been a coach. Yeah. He was an assistant coach. But because Juninho was a, a, a legend of Olympique Lyonnais, uh, suddenly, and like the best uh, free taker in history, it's going to be just fine. Okay, and that's how the media... And then they even said, uh, right before OL Paris Saint-Germain, Juninho versus Leonardo. <laughs> Do you really... Do you really want to compare both guys as yeah. sporting director? Do you want to see what Leonardo has done? Compared to what Juninho has done? Okay. How about the coach now? What has Silvino done? Nothing. Oh, no, it's not happening really well. It's not, things are not good after uh, eight games. You're, oh, I wonder why. And yeah. also, you lost your, both of your best yeah, players. Fekir, yeah. Fekir and, and, and Dombele. That's right, yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, and they just lost to Nantes last Saturday. So At home. Good over there at Lyon. So, yeah, throw paper and whatever else at your own players and stop throwing it at Neymar because you just make him angry and then he scores game-winning goals against you. That's, so. what, the, that's, funny, that's what the Reims um, <laughs> coach said. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, we didn't have a system against Neymar in particular because I didn't want to make him ha- angry <laughs> because when he's angry, he scores. 
Yeah. No, he's a, he's a hell of a player. Uh, we, 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 we did, speaking of Neymar, we did have the topic where we were going to talk about his ability to learn French, but we had Paula come on here, and, and she said it much more eloquently than either one of us could do it. So let's wrap up the episode here. We're going to just preview Galatasaray real quick. What, I want to know from you, what are you expecting tomorrow night? What is your starting lineup? And give me a score prediction, if you can remember all of that. I expect and I'll a, go after you. I expect a victory despite okay. all the problems. Because I know Verratti, Gay, and uh, Marquinhos will hold the midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thiago Silva is not injured. Um, we're going to have the, the best team possible up front. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the issue. Um, Icardi, maybe? <sighs> I think Icardi is going to be on the bench. I think Mbappe is going to be on the bench. And mm-hmm. uh, Di Maria and Sarabia are going to start. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Um, the Turks. Uh, so there's probably like half the team that is Turk, and most of them are international. Mm-hmm. They beat France in one of the rowdiest games I've seen in a while. They were so aggressive, so aggressive, so aggressive. And uh, in the Euro uh, qualifiers a few months ago, that's not going to be good for uh, Neymar. Well, he's not there, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, keep, I think this is the second podcast in a row where I keep thinking Neymar's out there, but you're right. He's serving the uh, last. It's his, yeah. Um, it'd be really, really too bad to lose this game. I, I make, I'm expecting a victory. Yeah. I hope uh, I'd, be, I'd be fine with a, with a draw. Okay. Uh, a, a victory would be freaking wonderful. The, the lineup is going to be, well, Kara's not back, so it's going to mm-hmm. be Meunier, uh, Bernat, how do you know it's going to be uh, next Diallo year? Kimpembe. If, it's, if it's Kimpembe or Diallo. I think it's going to be Diallo. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be Diallo. Then our new working midfield. And um, up front, uh, do we have three players? So Kevin is out. Is he going to play in 4-5-1? Um, Ah, no, I think he's, he's going to try probably. I don't know. I, actually, I don't know, Ed. What, what do you do? How do you play in 4-3-3 when you have only two forwards? Yeah, we saw how that works against Bordeaux where you didn't have that target man up top. Do and... you put like, do you play with, do you put Kurzawa up there? Mm. You know, like uh, Fruitcake used to do with Matridi. He used to put uh, Matridi up there for a while. That wouldn't be a bad, necessarily a bad idea. It'd be like, whoa, but Kurzawa as a left back, as a left yeah. back, as a left winger. What matters is the result, really. We understand that. I think we can all agree. If we come I, back I, from Istanbul with three points, it's freaking phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I think it's going to be a similar game plan to what we just had against Bordeaux, where Tuchel's just going to try to get to that 60th minute, nil-nil if he can, contain everything, and then bring on Mbappe if he can, or Icardi, and say, all right, go win this thing. Or um, both. Or both. Yeah, bring them both on. I think that he's going to try to do that. But I'll take a draw away at Galatasaray. I think Real Madrid, given their form, they may struggle to get that. I mean, this is a tough away game. So... Anything positive I'll take out of this. I think I'm similar to you in the starting lineup. Interested to see what Tuchel does if he kind of plays a conservative or if he just changes the formation altogether and just packs the midfield, uh, like you said, with Kurzawa maybe. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. It's so we'll, going to be uh, interesting to, to see. So it's a big game um, for, the, yeah. for what's happening right now. If we come back with a win, it'd be mm-hmm. huge for the confidence of this group. Yes, yep. Anything like less. You, you, you're starting to feel like, yeah, okay, half the team is injured, but we're still, still getting not it. only getting results, but playing well in the Champions League. That yeah. means we're going to be okay. You know that, <laughs> that, that, dark, that dark shadow, <laughs> like you will fail. Like you may not fail. You may not. You may yeah. not. Look, look, things are look, looking bad on paper, but you're pulling that off. A loss definitely isn't the end of the world, but it takes some of the wind out of your sails from that win over Real Madrid. A lot. Then yeah. we're back to like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, and we have good back. excuses. We have a good excuse sure. built. We have injuries, but this team should be good enough to go on the road and beat Galatasaray. So I'm expecting a win. I'll be happy with a draw. Be kind of disappointed with anything other than that. 
It's going to be a tense game. I'm a, yeah. oh my God, I've a, yeah, I'm feeling it right here. Oh. So, so if, you're, if you're in the United States, Guillaume and I were talking about this before the episode, um, you, it is not on TNT, which I guess is Bleacher Report or whatever. So you do have to stream it if you want to do it legally. It's like $2.99, basically a, a beer or a coffee. So if you want to watch the game, just go on the BR. I don't know app. why we, we're doing uh, uh, free advertising to BR Live, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to go for it. Oh, I can't yeah. because of my green screen. <laughs> but um, two ninety nine, yeah. uh, you, you can cast from your phone to your to your TV yeah. if you have a, a Google Cast. And it's, it's, you can also go on Reddit was, and find a stream. I'm sure it was impeccable. I'm paying two two ninety nine. I have no problem. Yeah. It's a good price. Yeah, we try to do things legally around here. So. Uh, hey, if, if Bleacher Report wants to sponsor this podcast, we'll be happy to share this. But, you know, we just, as a public service announcement, everyone always tweets me, where can I find the game? Do you have a stream? Two ninety nine. Get the stream, Bleacher Report. It works. It's reliable. It's, yep. it's good quality. Uh, don't yeah. read the articles, but you can watch the streams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Guillaume, this was a great episode. I wanted to say that it is actually International Podcast Day. I saw this on Twitter today. So you and I are celebrating. It's a skeleton crew today here on PSG Talking, but I'm glad we were able to record a podcast for International Podcast Day. Me too. Always a pleasure, Ed. Always a pleasure. And thank you again to Paula. If you want to follow her, she is at Jetting Around on Twitter. So uh, follow her. Let her know what you thought of her interview. Um, and that's all we've got. Thank you all for listening to PSG Talk. We're a proud member of the Big Heads uh, Media Podcast Network. So go check them out. They've got lots of podcasts. We're one of them. And uh, that's it. Guillaume, how can they follow, find you on social media? After the one on Twitter, if you okay. want to hear my rants. <laughs> I've heard they're very funny. Yeah, who doesn't want to hear that? I know that's why I'm on Twitter. So, all right. Well, okay. for Guillaume, I'm Ed. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Yeah. Hulo. من الأراضي الفرنسية السادات وفيفتيز صحيني هيه 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 ه